My name is Dr. Fabiola and I work for Humanity and Hope. So part of my job is to ensure that our people receive the best health care possible that we can provide. And one of my dreams is that in the future they can have full coverage and health for all of our village. And we thank you for all your support and can wait to see you here. Thank you. Gracias. 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 Today on the Edge of Adventure podcast, we travel to Honduras, to the mountains of Central America, where Riley Fuller and the entire team from Humanity and Hope United and Generous Coffee are making a sustainable difference for the people there in healthcare, education, clean water, housing, safety, and so much more. I hope you'll join me now as we celebrate their 10-year anniversary Focusing today on Honduras, humanity, and hope. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Riley Fuller, welcome to the Edge of Adventure podcast. Adam, it's so nice to meet you finally. First of all, let me just ask how everybody's doing, you know, with COVID being what it is. I know it's changed everything. Are you guys okay? How are the people in Honduras? Thankfully, my family and I are okay. The biggest difficulty has been with Generous Coffee. A buddy and I got to, to start Generous Coffee. We had just expanded into our first two and it was about to be three retail locations. And, you know, when COVID hit, we just couldn't safely get those places staffed. We couldn't safely get people in for the first couple months, so we had to lay off full-time employees. But that was really, really hard. Thankfully, my buddy Ben Higgins runs Generous as the full-time president. He does such a good job with the team that when he had to lay people off, they volunteered through the rest of COVID, and we were just able to hire them back on in August. The people that we get to partner with in Honduras, they went through about a five, six-month complete shutdown to the point where the police caught you on the street They were going to impound your property. If you're driving a car, they were going to take it, send you to jail for up to 72 hours. And it just created, I think, intentionally a a big atmosphere of fear just with being able to live and get what you needed along with this virus. You know, in Honduras, a country that does suffer from infrastructure that doesn't serve the people as well as the people deserve, the healthcare system is one of those. It is... uh, relatively overwhelmed in normal times. I know people who've gone to the hospital with a gunshot wound and they haven't gotten treated because they didn't have the money for bandages. So when you picture that healthcare system then overwhelmed by COVID and not being able to circulate, it just created a really, really, really difficult atmosphere. And even for our staff, thankfully they, they fought really hard. Not being able to travel, they kept businesses going. The communities we partner with were disconnected from the city centers for a long time, so they made sure that they had food every every week. Yeah, but it, it overall, it was really, really tough. My guest today for the Edge of Adventure podcast is Riley Fuller. Riley comes to us today from two different organizations, but they, they work hand in hand. So we have Humanity and Hope, and we also have Generous 
coffee. So let's start, Riley, put this into perspective for everybody that's listening, getting to know you now for the first time. Humanity and Hope works in Honduras, and you guys do what? We bring tangible hope. So what that means, and this is different than a normal nonprofit. So a normal nonprofit, at least in my experience, will we'll mostly focus on, on an issue and a really, really worthy one, water, electricity, housing, feeding, education, you know, something that I think you feel like, hey, if we nail this, this is going to give this person a way better shot. We believe in that model. But looking at it like an investor, there are a lot of different levers for human growth. And what we want to do is to believe in whole human beings and to be able to support whole human beings. Choosing one issue and scaling it is just not what It's not the solution that sits right with our heart. So we invest in six key areas, and those are healthcare, education, jobs, infrastructure, community, and leadership. And to be a little bit more clear, infrastructure can be kind of ambiguous. What that means is electricity, water, housing, transportation. It's a lot, and we know that, but we also know that human beings are complex, and we really want to... We want to be in relationships with whole human beings. We want to ourselves be whole human beings. So we want to be a part of helping people build the foundation to become a whole human being. We work in three villages. Uh, We partner with three villages that have a total of about 572 people as of the last census a few months ago. So that was actually my question. Where do you guys work? What's the name of the towns and um, the three areas that you, you work in and also describe what is life like for the people of those three villages? La Corosa, La Cuchilla, and El Remolino. And they are very different communities in terms of geography, history, what the people are interested in, where their families are going. But another thing, unfortunately, that links them is just soul-crushing poverty. But the people that we partner with, they typically, before any economic work, women normally have not been formally employed. They might be able to find work that brings in about $200 a year. Men typically work in these areas because they're so far away from the center of the city. So the only paid work is agricultural work that is usually owned by a really big business person. And so because there are a bunch of people who live in rural spots, disconnected, no electricity, no water, they get to choose whatever they want to pay. And there's no consistency with it. So men typically work two to four days out of every 15. If it's not a harvest season, if it is a harvest season, you know, you could probably get up to 12 to 14, you know, and life is just characterized by what you don't have. You don't have water that you can drink. So you wake up with a stomach ache every day. You don't have electricity. So the stuff, you know, houses, housing is typically not weatherproof made out of stuff that people can find. A lot of it is, uh, organic material, sticks and leaves. Gosh, it it just makes me sad. And it's just so oppressive to the human being and the human spirit. So you guys have been there for how long? I think, did you say 13 years? When did you go down there to Honduras and begin serving? What was life like back then? So Humanity and Hope turns 10 on October 14th. We have been serving right in this little area around El Progreso, Honduras for, for all 10 of those years. For me, Adam, my story is, is my story, and we can't replicate anybody else's story. The, the way that I made it down to Honduras, I, in college, 
I, I had never had a spare thought about serving anybody, to be honest with you. I was a soccer player. I wanted to be an investment banker. And I was so focused on myself that a lot of that selfishness bled into other areas. One of them was addiction. I ended up getting arrested a bunch of times while I was in college. On the last time, got a DUI and I wrecked my dad's car. He just got a brand new car. He went to Honduras on a service trip and I just didn't want to go with my family. So I stayed home and he gave me one rule and said, don't drive my new car. And so as soon as they left, I found the keys and I did. And I've been drinking and driving way too fast. And I hit a deer going about 80. And there was just no way that he wasn't going to find out. So he came home and found out and said, basically, either you come down to Honduras with us on a trip or you're off the payroll and I'm not going to pay for your college anymore. So I chose going to Honduras and that was the way completely unintentionally, only because my family are, are good people did I ever make it down to Honduras. Well, it sounds like your dad might have known what he was doing, giving you those two options. At what point did you realize this is what I need to dedicate my life to? So that first trip was in 2007. I made that realization in 2013. Started the nonprofit formally and legally in 2010. When I did that, I still had a corporate job with a big company, a Fortune 500 company. I was in a management leadership development program was promoted every year, fast track to this thing and that thing. And so I, after that first trip, I thought, wow, poverty is terrible. I had no spiritual, religious belief. And I came down on a trip and was just confronted by this poverty that's so obviously soul-sucking. And I decided, I had six months between when I graduated and started this job. I decided, you know what, I'm going to go on an adventure. I know I'll be on the Edge of Adventure podcast someday, but really, I thought, you know what, I've got this I've got this free summer and I can either get drunk and do stuff that I've already done or I can go to Honduras and try to figure out, does anybody really care about what they say they do? Is anybody doing altruistic work, honestly? What is religion's influence? Are people of faith more dedicated? Because I just had, I had nothing but questions and nothing but confusion in my mind. So that was then the next step. That trip was so jarring. And so hard for me to understand that I thought I want to take an adventure with this little bit of time I got these three months and go learn more. So I moved down there for three months, found a nonprofit that I could work with. I started volunteering there. I'm actually going to share something to the screen here. Tell me about this. You guys do building campaigns. What are they and what's the objective? Well, really what we do is we provide the financing. So building houses in this particular village came in year three after we started partnering. I would say one of our main goals and also tactics is to listen. Number one, it helps you form way better plans. Number two, if you actually get listened to, it just feels right. It feels like, man, somebody's doing something good to, you know, somebody nailed it today for me. So as we were listening, they identified two needs very clearly first. Adults needed jobs and something productive to do, and the people needed clean water. So that those were the first things. And then after that, when the parents felt stabilized and productive. Then they talked about wanting to send their kids to school. At that point, talk about an adventure. These kids had to walk an hour through a forest every day, just one way. And the forest, it's so far in the middle of nowhere. The rumor was that rapists and criminals lived there. So at that point, five out of 50 some kids were going to elementary school, 10%. The worldwide average is 90%. 
anyway, we just followed, we just kept listening, following the trail. Okay. In your opinion, what's the next most important thing? What's the next most important thing? What's the next most important thing? You know, and then what? And then what? Education is huge priority. So built a school right there in the community. Housing, huge priority. We kept following priority, priority. This ended up being in year three. And by that time, there was enough income created that now people are able to find, to pay off the loan when spread out over 30 years. So this particular project was to find financing for that. Who's willing to be the bank? Who's willing to be an interest-free home loan for the people of La Cuchilla to help them build a house that will protect their family from the elements and be a nest to grow their crew from? So as I scroll here, and again, we do the audio podcast, which is available on all the great audio podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, TuneIn, all of them, basically. If you can find great podcasts there, you're going to find The Edge of Adventure. Love it. I'm a radio guy, so we love to do that. But you can also watch the video version on our YouTube channel and then also on our social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. So if you're watching it, you get the extra treat to being able to see these images here. You've clearly touched these communities in a variety of ways. I'm looking at this picture here of a playground. Tell me about this. This was built where and how did the kids and the families receive such a thing, which, I mean, honestly, for us, it might be and feel so simple. How was it received? Was this a big deal to this community? Oh, yeah. You know, one thing that wouldn't that, that wasn't clear to me in the very beginning is how big of an issue security is. If you don't feel safe, it's really hard to play. And my goodness, think of a childhood without playing. And that's very easily an injustice that you want to eliminate. Yeah, this was one of those things. Frankly, we have an amazing leader of, of education, a woman who grew up in a community a lot like this particular one. She was one of, I can't remember, a million, either nine, between nine to 12 kids, one of a ton of kids. She ended up graduating from university and she's the one who's serving all of these. And so it's her input saying, we don't just want to go from point A to point B. We want to enjoy it. And not only that, but literally we want to specifically build beauty into places where a lot of it has been taken. So we just think for so many reasons, the psychology of it, just feeling like a kid and enjoying things, uh, this playground was a great way to express the values that we all share in common. My guest today for the Edge of Adventure podcast is Riley Fuller. He is joining us today from two different organizations that work hand in hand, obviously come from the same part of his heart and spirit. We've been talking about humanity and hope. And there's a few more questions I have about that, but let's also close the loop a little bit, make sure everybody understands what generous coffee is. You're talking about generosity right there. I think this is a great time to explain to the audience what generous coffee is and why it exists. Generous coffee allows a consumer to express their values into the world. So we say generous coffee, drink life-changing coffee. What it means is that the coffee is high quality. It's going to change your life for that day. It's going to be like, wow, this coffee was a little bit different and better than normal. And it's definitely going to change the life of the person who grew that coffee. So not only do we pay them better through the way that we purchase the coffee, but we also help tell their story. We get to know the people that we buy coffee from. And then beyond that, we invest every single cent that we earn back into humanity and hope and other nonprofits that are looking to build real and tangible hope, eliminating injustice in whichever way they have uh, they've been dedicated to. So then generous coffee is 
for profit, you make a profit and then you put, you sow that right back into humanity and hope. Right. It all comes, it's try, trying to have a streamlined call to action. Give, go, buy. Do you want to do something today? Give your money to an organization that represents what you believe. Go on a trip somewhere, maybe even with another group of people to somewhere that you wouldn't normally with the intent to listen and to give. And then to buy something, buy something that is obviously going to give something that they receive back. So we wanted to, we wanted to be able to, in a proprietary way, fill that buy slot and then also be able to partner with other for-profit organizations. And then the best way for someone to purchase the coffee, tell us how can we be supportive in that way? Yeah, thank you. Go to generousmovement.com. We have about 10 different kinds of coffee. My favorite is the Honduran, unsurprisingly. Tell me about Hope. The name of the organization is Humanity and Hope. I hear as you talk about the people in these three communities and these three villages and the families and the kids and their needs, you have a heart for humanity. Awesome. Hope is the other half of this organization's name. Tell me about that. Where does where does somebody find hope and how are you helping to, to bring it to the people that you care so much about? So the biggest part of creating hope is using the, the life-changing structure that I was telling you about education, healthcare, jobs, infrastructure, leadership training, and the ability to live in a community, live in a social contract, have your voice heard. When you combine all of those things together, and as the person who thinks that you're giving, because when we're giving, if we're humble enough, we're always getting back way more than we think that we're giving. But when you're in the seat of the giver, let's say if you're in my seat, if you can be humble enough to get out of the out of the camera, if you can be humble enough to get out of the hero spot in the story and just encourage the people that you're working with to see themselves there as a value and not even a tactic or strategy, just trusting, just trusting that ultimately it's going to work. Then a lot of times it does. And so all of these things combined make it so that the people that we're partnering with are basically like, this is the craziest thing I have ever heard about. I have ever seen why? What in, the, what in the world are you doing? And then it's at that point where we can say some version of, I know that I can, I know that you can. And for us, basically, we're all made in the image of God. And I see that in you. I think that when you just say that over and over and over, I see that in you. Yes, you can. And you combine it with real life changing stuff like houses and schools and water. It's so hard, man, but it works over time. Is hope alive. Oh yeah. Let me tell you a story. So H&H's 10 year anniversary is coming up. So I think that this story is incredibly powerful. Four years ago, this woman named Rosa, she's living in the Honduras that, that I described. You know, she's making about 200 bucks a year. She's living in a house that's falling apart. No clean water, no electricity. She's never had a formal job. She's never seen anybody graduate from college. On top of that, She's got a young daughter. Her young daughter isn't going to school because of the things that I told you about, the walk through the wilderness, all of that. Fast forward four years is Hope Alive. Last week, Rosa helped me give a pitch, a really, really powerful chicken business. It's going to bring in about $280,000 a year in revenue. It's going to bring in about $35,000 in profit. And these are businesses that H&H has already got up and running. And these businesses are going to represent a 700% increase in income for the 20 women who she's having follow her. Now, she's been leading chicken coops for about three years now. She started off as someone on the side. 
didn't have very much confidence, no work experience. It ended up being her thing. And she just really loved it because she could see her future in it. And she's walked through a ton of problems. About a year ago, chickens were dying. Weasels were getting in and killing chickens every night. So Rosa said, this is my thing. I'm going to go sleep in there and I'm going to kill the weasels until they're done. And so she slept in the chicken coop for five nights and killed every single weasel and they haven't come back. Anyway, it just kind of shows her heart. So, so four years later, she's a, a business owning, home owning, healthcare provided, clean water drinking, enjoying electricity. And not just that, but she helped me give a pitch a couple weeks ago for a $60,000 chicken business is going to open up all those opportunities for other women just like her. In the meantime, she's found out who she is, that yeah, life can be really freaking hard, but she's really freaking strong because God's walking with her. Talking today with Riley Fuller of Humanity and Hope, also of Generous Coffee, as we've discussed. You can pick up some Generous Coffee, order it, get some amazing coffee, and at the same time know that all the proceeds are sewn immediately back into Humanity and Hope. Is We're getting to know Riley today and his heart and the heart of the organization and the things that Humanity and Hope are doing in those three precious villages in Honduras. By the way, to find out more information, be sure you check them out. These are the websites. I've had them on the screen. If you're watching the video version, you've been looking at that there. Listening to the audio podcast, get your pencil ready. Humanityandhope.org. That's humanityandhope.org. And then also generousmovement.com. That's to get the coffee, generousmovement.com. And you'll also find them on Facebook. You'll find them as well on Instagram. Let's move on to a different type of a question. Let's say somebody in the audience is thinking, okay, I want to do something right now that's going to change my life. Something that is going to revolutionize the life I live. And it's what I call on the edge of adventure, the desire to live beyond status quo. I want to do something that's going to take me past the things that I already know about. I'm ready for something more. What's a good place for somebody to start? DM the Humanity and Hope Instagram, send us a Facebook message, send an email, get on the website. There's a ton of different ways. Send us a message about a trip. The beauty of all this is experiencing it. So send us a message about a trip. Come to Honduras. We're opening up December 27th. So if you're somebody like a lot of people that I know and love who are not ready to travel yet, then I think giving and buying are the two best options that you have right now. So I'd recommend that you find an organization locally where you can meet the people who are on staff and you give to them and you follow your investment and you use your investment to try to learn more, to try to listen more and to just really just try to love the people that they're serving more. And as you do that, spend some time in quietness, wait for a, a still small voice to rise up in you. Uh, regarding those people that you've been around and then share that voice with the people that you're with. You know, there really is no magic formula. There's just finding a way to serve vulnerable people, which we all are, but to serve vulnerable people with more and more and more of your heart. You don't want to go on a trip, find somewhere local, send them a message, give them some money, and I guarantee they'll listen to you. Riley, question for you. What breaks your heart the most about what you see? What are the things that you just really wish could be changed or that you guys could be a part of changing somehow? Oh, man. Some of the things that break my heart the most are the way that women are treated, 
just kind of in general in Honduras. I, I uh, have a nine-month-old daughter and a wife, so it's pretty easy, especially to see my daughter um, in that, that kind of scenario. So I, I think that the way, especially in rural areas where the expected trajectory is at most achieving sixth grade, and then just the honest expectation is that hopefully that girl will get married as quickly as possible so that her expenses for herself and giving birth to babies will be borne by someone else so that we won't have to pay for her life anymore. I just think that overall view of women it, it is just so limiting and sad and wrong. So I'd say that's number one. Thought of people just not having the basics, water, electricity, a place to live. I mean, just hear homelessness. People are experiencing homelessness is the closest, I think, equivalent. The pervasive lack of feeling safe. You know, there's this feeling that anything bad can happen at any time. And it's because the people who are in charge of protecting the police don't have people's best interests in mind. They can be bought off pretty easily. When you're talking about poverty, physical right now, but even even mental or spiritual, it's the worst. It's, it's lies. And it takes people's soul and humanity and ability to live the life they were supposed to. It takes away, yeah, John 10, 10, life, life in abundance. It's terrible. Riley, what keeps you going? What restores your hope and motivates you to work even harder? God. God is the honest answer. I, I want something more practical because I, I know that there are a lot of people who don't believe in God, you know, and I, I, I've been one of those people. But the honest answer is I wake up every morning and I spend time in stillness. You know, I personally try to make it 30 minutes and I don't feel like I need to read anything or consume anything. I just try to spend time with God. I don't know. It sounds overly spiritual, but it, it just it, it is what it is. And that time when I spend with God, I talk to him like a friend, tell him what I need. I don't hold back. And I always find a loving embrace waiting for me. I don't know. God whispers in my heart telling me, you're building a life that you're going to be proud of. You're doing what, I tell, what I'm telling you to. You're responding to really the only important question in life, which is what are you doing for other people? So I feel like with that kind of backup from God, I'm feeling like, man, I could mess this up any way that I know how, and it would still be good enough because I'm being obedient. Riley, it's really been great to have you on the show today. I know we've really only scratched the surface. You guys are doing so much. The need is great and the activity is great. All that you guys are, are working on. It's inspirational. It's and certainly want to encourage everybody to uh, check it out get to know him even better. His name is Riley Fuller, and uh, he's joining us today from Humanity and Hope and also Generous Coffee. These are the websites, humanityandhope.org. That's humanityandhope.org. And then also generousmovement.com, generousmovement.com. I appreciate your story. Again, I know it's just a fraction of it. We're only just getting to know you. We'll have you come back on uh, the show at a later date. Want to get some updates. Fantastic work you're doing. God bless you. Thank you for the stand that you make for people who might otherwise be forgotten. Just on behalf of me and the audience, I just want you to know we see you, we get it, and we're thankful for you. Adam, thank you. And to all your listeners, I mean, I, I know that you're a bunch of adventurers. I've got a, another favorite verse, and it's, Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Don't mean to be over spiritual, but to you that are listening, this is a tough season. You're an adventurer. 
you know what it's like to jump into the unknown. You even know what it's like to like it. So just want to remind you in this season, follow that adventure, be strong, and COVID can't stop you. Adam, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Riley Fuller from Humanity and Hope. Look him up, humanityandhope.org. If you guys know me and follow me, you know there's two words I love. I need both of these concepts, and they are adventure and purpose. And I think Riley gets it, and uh, Humanity and Hope lives that out. So go check them out. Get to know the organization. Help them out. Buy some coffee. And Riley, take care. Stay safe. And we'll be in touch, brother. God Great bless to meet you, Adam. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo. Beyond status quo.